Hey there, Music Podcast for Kids listeners. This is Mr. Henry, and we want to thank you so much for listening to the show. We absolutely love educating the world all about music. And you know what's pretty cool? You can be a part of our mission as well. If you leave a review, more people can listen to the show. So you can help us with the journey of educating the world all about music. So if you could take a moment to leave a review of the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Exploring along with you Learning music, having fun That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Love hanging out with you The Music Podcast for Kids Hello and welcome to The Music Podcast for Kids We're your hosts, Mr. Henry And Mr. Fight Music Educators Extraordinaire! The Music Podcast for Kids is a fun and educational podcast where we learn and explore the best subject ever. Music! And now the music joke of the day. We love jokes. So if you have a joke, please visit our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com to submit your joke. And guess what? It doesn't even have to be a music joke. It can be any joke. We will read and enjoy your joke on the podcast and also let everyone know who it came from and where you are in this great, big, wonderful music world. Our joke of the day is... This joke comes from David, a listener of the show. Why does the cow stay up so late... Huh? ...to see the moon? <laughs> Make sure to send in your jokes by visiting our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com. A link to the website can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are enjoying the show so far. Please subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes and leave a review through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, get updates on what we are up to through Facebook and Instagram by finding us at music podcast for kids links will be found in the show notes on to the show just chat 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 Sharon Cho is an instructional coach clinician and social emotional learning trainer lead at Quaver Ed Sharon works with educators of all subjects around the nation. Her personal experiences and background has inspired her many goals towards and for equitable schools. Sharon also comes from a diverse performance background, receiving a Grammy for her background vocalist role in Tajmo, a collaborative album by Taj Mahal and Keb Mo. She's also recorded lead vocals for two featured films and sang background vocals during the Nashville leg of the 2017 Hans Zimmer live tour. Hello, Sharon, and welcome to the show. 
Thank you for having me. I'm so elated to be here with both of you. Awesome. Well, thanks. Yeah, it's great to, to have you here. And thank you so much for being with us today. So uh, first, I just wanted to know what part, what part of the world do you live in? Where are you living? I am in the Midwest. I am in uh, Chicago, Illinois currently. Oh, okay. Oh, nice. All right, cool. Sweet. And uh, we always like to start out by asking our guests with their, about their background with music education as a child. Um, and what, so what experiences did you have as a child, uh, like in, maybe in the school setting and possibly outside of the, uh, the school setting? Yeah, that's a great question. I owe a lot to music. I grew up an EL student and I wasn't able to speak English, let alone understand academic standard English <laughs> fluently until I was about maybe fourth or fifth grade. And for that reason, I struggled in school. I pretended to understand things to avoid embarrassment. There were policies and procedures in the classroom that were hard for me culturally. And the cultural assimilation from such an early age really worked against me. And it really... Um, you know, I struggled academically as well as emotionally, and music was the one place in school that I felt seen and that I could participate in without feeling ostracized and like I had to wear a mask to fit in. So I, I also had the same advantages as my peers in the music classroom, which was huge. Um, we learned the skills together and there was a true multiculturalism in the curricula where we celebrated different cultures. There was an understanding that all cultures were appreciated on the same level, that music saw color and that music didn't treat me like I was in a melting pot where it was expected of me to blend in or to melt into the same thing as everyone else. And instead, everyone and every song, every language was appreciated for its differences, like a big salad bowl. And uh, yeah, that was huge for me. Yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, I just talking to you, you would never, ever think that, that uh, English was your second language. I mean, it's pretty amazing. So, um, Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure that takes a lot of work. I can't it's a lot of practice. Was, what was your first, your first language? Korean. Oh, okay. hey, yeah. Yeah, cool. So, so you had a lot of great experiences in the, in the public school system with music. Did you do anything outside, like private lessons or anything like that? Well, I grew up with piano in the house and was mostly self-taught, um, though I do owe a lot of that learning to my cousin Julie, who's a fantastic pianist. She introduced me to reading lead sheets and the fundamentals of oh, just reading cool. chords. Yeah. Um, I also, I grew up in the church and was a member of the band and played for service every Sunday. And yeah. that's where I really learned the joy of practice, improvisation and performance. And so while I didn't really have formal private teachers for lessons, uh -huh. I was definitely surrounded by mentors who taught me a lot of lessons. <laughs> yeah, nice. yeah, that's cool. So piano, was piano your primary instrument then as a child, or did you kind of do a balance of both voice and piano or other instruments? Yeah, I actually always say that my primary instrument was voice. Mm -hmm. uh, while I played piano and flute as a child, voice definitely came first. And that's where I learned pitch, artistic mm -hmm. expression, and most importantly, just appreciation for myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. that's awesome. Cool. So what, what type of uh, music education did you have in high school? Were, were you in choirs and all of that in high school or band? Yeah, I was definitely a choir gal. I yeah. sang in our school choir. I performed in all of our variety shows and talent shows. I 
competed in solo ensembles. I joined the show choir as a singer dancer. Nice. And um, I actually was one of the founding members of the vocal jazz program at our high school. Oh, um, wow. Nice. Yeah, that was really fun. We also had a music theory sort of pathway. We didn't have a true music theory class. It was more of a music appreciation. I was mm -hmm. just a little freshman along with a bunch of seniors in my class. And uh, that was really a great starting path to just appreciation in general of music. So that was really, really great. Yeah, awesome. sweet. So you continued your studies in music uh, with music in college. So at what point did you know, I want to pursue music? I, I, this is my, my dream, my goal, my life. And then what degree did you pursue specifically in, in college then? Actually, I didn't know that I wanted to pursue music right away. <laughs> I had this fantasy about traveling as a writer and performing as a hobby on the side. So I actually applied to a few colleges under English and a few under music education. And I just, I remember one day I had all the acceptance letters in front of me and I was like, I have to make a decision. <laughs> And so I ended up choosing music ed. I went to University of Illinois. Um, and really in that pathway, there was really three directions. You either became a general music teacher, a band director, or you were a part of the orchestral pathway. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't see myself in those options initially. And so while at U of I studying music ed, I added jazz studies and sort of cool. built this new pathway of vocal jazz performance and education, um, which hadn't been done, I don't think, before me. And so. You could say that the years of uh, cultural assimilation and wanting to break free from molds in school sort of built this resilience and fight for myself. Yeah, so in a lot of ways, yeah, school always told me that I, I didn't fit the mold and college was no exception, um, except, you know, this time I was a little bit more grown. And so I just sort of said, cool, let me just create a new one then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's awesome. Great. So we were reading that you continued to study different subjects that tied in with diversity, equity, inclusion, and you even continue that research on culturally relevant pedagogy and double consciousness. So could you Love give terms. us an idea? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Could you give us uh, an idea of like what that is and um, maybe even to, so because you were doing this whole music thing and then you, you know, you wanted to pursue that, like how how that transition occurred even. Yeah. Well, that's heavy. <laughs> Let me try to put <laughs> that down. Double consciousness is a term coined by W.E.B. Du Bois in his 1903 edition of Souls of Black Folk. And it represented an inward inner two-ness, referring to being African-American in a white-dominated society and how you can belong to multi-cultures and feel ostracized in this way. And for me, while I can't relate to the Black and African-American experiences, I can relate to a layer of double, double consciousness, specifically belonging to two cultures, but not being able to identify myself in either. I'm Korean-American in this way. I couldn't really fit in with my Korean peers because I was born in America. And at the same time, I didn't fit in with my American peers because I look, behave, and am accustomed to different traditions. And that's really the reason why I became an educator to support students like me, to acknowledge and give permission for students who are different to be different and to find strengths within themselves that might not look like others. And uh, studying double consciousness and its impact on students became really this foundation for me of culturally relevant pedagogy, diversity, equity, and inclusion. And uh, well, in short, culturally relevant pedagogy is just knowing your students your unwavering 
belief that your students will achieve because of you and how you acknowledge culture and design opportunities for culture learning and modeling to students the question of just asking why and how to ask why um, and Gloria Latson Billings is sort of my Beyonce of education and she's the one who coined that term um, but she brilliantly summarizes CRT into academic achievement, cultural competence, and critical consciousness. So I really take that into mind when I lead sessions, um, you know, even in Quaver and with educators across the nation. And it's really the gas to my purpose and impacts yeah. the way we view diversity. And I always like to say the goal actually isn't diversity. Diversity just looks at who is already in the room and inclusion yeah. is embracing those within that given space. So the goal really is equity and justice. You know, who is yeah. trying to get into the room but can't? And are there practices and policies that we have that aren't equitably fair? And so, you know, there's no really easy path toward all of that. It's sort of my life's mission in education and music sure. performance and, you know, how I want to serve my life to others around me. Yeah, that's awesome. So speaking of Quaver, you have a background in music and these new studies that you, you just uh, talk, told us about. So what about now? What's your career now? How do you, uh, how do you put all that together in your new, uh, your new endeavor? <laughs> yeah, I currently work at Quaver Ed as their social emotional learning training lead. I am also their instructional coach and clinician. And so I present sessions at conferences across the nation on the models of culturally relevant pedagogy, diversity, equity, and inclusion, double consciousness, and a lot more. Um, I also work with admin, educators, school districts, and uh, state stakeholders on the impact of music on social, mental, and emotional health yeah. um, with self-discovery and student growth through presentations, trainings, and webinars. And it's really a joy to be able to combine my two studies, you know, and how everything in my life sort of came to be here. Yeah. <laughs> sort of led me there. Wow. Oh, yeah, that's it's awesome. amazing. Yeah, and um, so you know, Bruce and I, we both use Quaver, and we've we've talked about Quaver on the show, um, the the uh, resource that you know we use as music teachers, and it's just an awesome oh, resource, yeah. and it just continues to get better and better. And to have people like you come into the uh, community there is just it's it's great to see that. How long have you been with Quaver Music? I think two, it's about two years, oh, okay. a little over two years. Yeah. yeah, yeah, cool. Great. So you are a Grammy Award winner, <laughs> which is amazing. Um, and it was specifically for a blues album. So t tell us a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I, I lived in Nashville before moving back home to Chicago for about... I want to say five years. And in Nashville, I performed regularly singing background vocals for different artists, recording in studios, performing live with bands, and you know, sometimes even with my own jazz combo. Cool. And Mike Hicks is, I think, one of the greatest musicians and performers of our time. But he's an R&B musician in Nashville, a producer, and just an all-around great person. And he um, asked if I was free to come into the studio to record background vocals. I was not given any details of who it was for, only that it was, you know, only that he was contracting singers for, you know, this project. Yeah. And uh, at the time I was teaching full time. And so the studio time actually contradicted with my teaching schedule. So I actually turned it down uh, <laughs> and oh. then randomly Nashville got hit with this snowstorm and Nashville doesn't really get snow. Uh, and so yeah. school ended up getting canceled. I, I, <laughs> 
<laughs> what a chance. It's a crazy story. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I immediately called Mike and I met him at the studio and it was sort of like fate. And I got to the studio and it was none other than the great blues artist and musician Kevmo, who was right. recording oh. his collaboration album with another icon in the field, Taj Mahal. Right, Taj Mahal. And um, yeah. yeah, they contracted four singers to sing background vocals throughout the album. And I was just lucky enough to be one of them. Wow, that is so incredible. <laughs> That's great. That's super cool. So you also sang backup vocals for two feature films. So which films were they? Tell us a little bit about that as well. Yeah, one was a foreign film called, I think it's pronounced John F.A. I might be saying that wrong. John F.A. 17. <laughs> and the other was for a horror film called The Nanny. Um, okay. I was also blessed to sing background vocals for Hans Zimmer during his live tour. And I got oh, to sing wow. on Lion King and wow. Superman, Spider-Man. Oh, wow. That's <laughs> super cool. I know. And yeah. so I, sometimes I scroll through Netflix. And I'm like, Inception, Wonder Woman, Gladiator. I mean, all yeah. the great, great works of his. You know, oh, I was man. really lucky to be there. <laughs> That's amazing. What you was know? that like? Yeah. Um, well, so he performed, when he came through Nashville, he was at the amphitheater, Ascend Amphitheater. And... Oh, right. I mean, it was a crew. It was like a huge orchestra playing all of his life in music live. Um, and that stadium is enormous. It's one of the biggest ones in Nashville, I think. And I was one of, I believe it was nine or 12 singers. And so we were behind the orchestra and we sort of, you know, powerhouse through all of his songs and his music is not easy. So it's one of the, <laughs> it was definitely a really fun experience just learning how to, you know, read the music, practice the music, perform the music. And yeah, it was, it was really, really fun. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Cool. So you have uh, a great song to share with us that everyone can access on YouTube. Am I, I'm right about that. So yes. that's okay. Cool. Um, so yeah, tell us about the song. Maybe some cool things kids can do at home, and even how teachers. We have you know we have, we do have teachers that listen, uh, music teachers and uh, homeschool teachers as well. Um, how they could use that in the classroom. Yeah, one of the greatest parts of working for Quaver is seeing the impact of music to students and teachers across the country. And one of my favorites that we've released is a song called Unique, spelled Y-O-U-Nique. Yeah. Um, and cool. it's actually sung by a great friend of mine, Amani Wilkins from Nashville and produced by Otto Gross, who's another great, great musician and producer. Yeah. Um, and I picked this song because I, when I think about the start of the school year, I really think it's about building community, getting to know your students, planning for opportunities for students to get to know each other, feel safe in your classroom. And while we are sort of all over the place, remotely hybrid, some are you know, teaching live, I yep. think that's no different. And yeah. so one of my favorite quotes is, students don't learn from teachers they don't like. <laughs> and you know that relationship building is so crucial at the start of the year. Yeah. And so this is a great song to not only build self-confidence for students, uh, but I think for teachers too, it's, it's a moment just to step back and sort of reevaluate some of the strengths that we have when we feel so, you know, when we're just overcome by obstacles that we have to face. And so in this song, I think one of the great things that you can do with your students is to have them create their own I am affirmations. The song takes you through, you know, I'm smart, I'm brave, I'm unique. And so having students create their own, or even you as a teacher, starting to think about your own strengths and what are your affirmations that you want to tell yourself and remind yourself. And, you know, I'm a big sticky note person. And so you could write those down and just place them all over the wall to sort of yeah. remind yourself. And yeah, so I think in a moment of so much adversity and a yeah. lot of difficult and hard emotions all at once, I think 
you know, lessons and songs about building self-confidence is going to be huge. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, to do it through music too, I think is, you know, obviously oh, that's, the thing, that, that's yeah. the thing that we love the most. So <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much, Sharon. Uh, it's been a pleasure to speak with you and to learn about your journey with, with music and what you're doing now. And uh, yeah, just cannot thank you enough for being here with us and sharing your knowledge. And I uh, will we'll definitely put the YouTube link of the show or of the song uh, so that kids can access that and hopefully they can listen and have some fun with that so thank you so much Sharon really appreciate Sounds you being great. here thank you so much for having me this was a All blast right. absolutely <laughs> see ya awesome. time to wrap it up folks thank you so much for tuning into the music podcast for kids we hope you enjoyed the show and most importantly learned something cool today about music remember to send in your jokes or even a topic in music you would like us to discuss by visiting our website themusicpodcastforkids.com if you are interested in awesome educational and fun songs for your kids to listen and sing along with, please visit brucefight.com. Music is available to download with iTunes, CD Baby, and Facebook. And most streaming platforms like Spotify and Amazon Radio. Links will be found in the show notes. If you are interested in learning how to play the piano with a fun and engaging curriculum geared toward kids, please subscribe to Mr. Henry's YouTube channel called Mr. Henry's Music World. Links will be found in the show notes. Please visit iTunes to leave a review of the podcast and also share the podcast with friends, relatives, aliens, whoever. Again, we thank you so much for tuning in.